Hello, I'm Carl Stressman, the Chief Executive Officer of the American Quarter Horse Association. Welcome to Let's Talk AQHA, our new podcast platform. Let's Talk AQHA spotlights the versatility, athleticism, and legacy of the American Quarter Horse. The official podcast of the largest equine breed registry in the world, Let's Talk AQHA, brings American Quarter Horse industry leaders and experts together. With new episodes each month, the Let's Talk AQHA podcast features a variety of segments in every episode showcasing the diversity of America's horsepower, the American Quarter Horse. Let's talk AQHA. My name is Bobby Laurent. We're interviewing AQHYA director Lainey Wills. How are you today, Lainey? I'm good. How are you? Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm 17. I'm from Richwood, Ohio. I show the all-around three-quarter horse, and I just now became a director, which is super awesome. I just bought a new horse, so this world show, it's my first world show. It's his first world show. We're just kind of getting into it, and it'll be fun. I've shown since I was really little, so this has always been a dream to be here, and now I'm here, and we're doing good. Oh, well, that's yeah. so exciting. Congratulations for qualifying, Thank especially you. with a, a new team. It's the dream team. We're, yeah, four we're, months into it, we qualified. <laughs> well, we're wishing you all the luck. Thank you. So how did you get into showing? You said you started when you were really young. Yeah, I started when I was really young. Uh, my dad grew up showing quarter horses. My grandparents always had horses, so... It's kind of like in our blood. Uh, my dad was <laughs> raised in the house that Dr. Drake was born or when where he lived. And he started the Ohio Quarter Association. So that's like, <laughs> it's it's deep in the family. Yes, it's meant <laughs> yeah. to be from day one. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, so how did you get involved with the AQHYA organization? So I got into it super late. So I actually I have a really good friend, Colton Smith, who is on our executive committee board this year. And I was working for his dad and he lives about 20 minutes from us. And he was going through this last year and going to yes. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> so we got into it and he was like, well, you need to take my spot next year and then I'll move up. And I was like, OK, I mean, we'll try. <laughs> so we went we went to yes this year and I just went for it. And now I'm here and it's so cool. All the things we get to do and give people their globes this week. It's just been a lot of fun. Yes, yes. Yeah. The globe deliverer. Like, that's the best job here. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want that job? All right. So tell us a little bit about your job as a director. So as a director, there's a lot of working parts. We help out at the World Show. We're going to help out at the Congress. And you get to be a part of, like, I'm going to NSBA World Show. And I get to help out there and help deliver awards. But then there's also, you have, like, your personal goals for the year. So I made it my personal goal to involve 4-H and FFA members into AQHYA. So we all go on our own different paths and then bring them all back to AQHA, which is really cool. You all get to see what everybody else is doing with AQHA and you get to bring more people in. And that's that's the fun part about it is you get to do as much as you want or do as less as you want and take it as far as you want to take it. And I think that's the coolest part about it. Yeah, most definitely, because we all are unique and we all have unique goals. Yeah, and, and we all come from different backgrounds. Right, Yeah. right. So what a cool way to be involved. So yeah. I know you've been involved with AQHYA for a, a, a considerable amount of time, mm -hmm. but in that short amount of time, what impact has it had on your life and your career for the future so far? So becoming a director is just the coolest thing because <laughs> I walked around here, like I said, it's my first youth world. I was super nervous. I'm like that little 
little kid that like showed up <laughs> and but people are stopping me and they're like oh my gosh like I saw your picture on the AQHA page and I'm like oh my gosh I'm famous now <laughs> so that's been really cool but I also get to teach people from my hometown about it oh, that have no. saw they've saw me grow from being a 4-H kid to showing at QHYA and now I show at the Congress and everything so that they always look up to me and I think that's a big deal but now I'm I'm even bigger of a deal, and it's kind of cool. Yes, that is so exciting. You truly get to step into that leadership position yeah. and, and be a voice for all of our competitors and exhibitors. Yeah. And so. it's so fitting for me. Like, I'm Aww. I'm that person that I'll go up to those little kids and watch the small fry. And it's always so much fun to, like, help those kids out because I was always helped out as a little kid and as a small fry. So it's cool to kind of give back and kind of show them there's a lot more to AQHA than just showing your horse. And I think not a lot of people know that. And it's really cool to kind of be that voice and show them that there's so many other ways you can take AQHA. Yes, ma'am. And just investing in the future. Wow. I'm so proud of you. Girl, you you. are going places. (laughs) Okay. So what kind of advice would you give to young riders who are just starting out in the industry? Just send it. Like, just go for it. The, the What's the worst that could happen? Like, that's that's my view on everything. What's the worst that could happen? That's, so just go out, show the horse that you have that day. It doesn't have to be the most expensive horse in the pen. It doesn't have to be the coolest looking horse of the pen. Man, you just got to put your mind to it and work really hard. And it's it's endless. That's so true. Yeah. If you start with nothing, you got nothing to lose. Exactly. So that is, that is huh. my thing. <laughs> Humble beginnings. Yes. So what kind of opportunities should young riders be looking for with AQHYA? So this is my position is definitely something that everybody should look up to and try to go for just because you get to see the background of AQHA and what what all they really do. There's so many other things that kids can do besides just showing. And I think those kids that don't have the nicest horse in the pen or don't have the most expensive clothes, those are things that you can get into and it doesn't cost anything. I mean, Yes was absolutely awesome. I loved the Youth youth Excellence Seminar. It was so cool to see the background and it's it didn't cost much to go and it was so awesome to go and see. You don't need a horse. And I think that's the most important thing. Right. So speaking about yes, what was your favorite part of that Gosh. event? <laughs> so my favorite part was running for director. It was so cool. I just like <laughs> ran around and did all these things. And I got to talk to everybody and shake everybody's hand, which was really cool. It makes people come out of their comfort zone, which I'm always out of everybody's comfort <laughs> zone. Like I'll come up and shake your hand and talk your ear off forever. And but that's not that's not everybody's thing, but it it did cause those little kids to come up and shake your hand and talk to you and that was really cool but my favorite part was definitely the interview I did my interview process and I thought it was so much fun I loved it (laughs) well great well all of this is just right up your alley you know God put you in the perfect spot (laughs) all right so speaking about most memorable experiences what has been your favorite memory so far with the AQHYA So this is going to take it all the way back to when I first started showing at the Congress. I was showing in the 11 and under. My sister was showing in the small fry. And I've got to watch her grow up and develop and show different horses. And that's been the coolest thing is growing up doing it with my sister. Her name's Lexi. She's awesome. She shows Rainers now. She shows the all around with me. She'll ride my horse when it's not working for me. She's much better at it than I am at training horses. But that's just that's my favorite part is I get to do it with my family. And there's not very many sports you can do with your family. And I think that's that's really cool for me. They come to everything and 
they love it just as much as I do and they want it just as bad as I do. So I think that's that's really cool. Yeah. How special it is just to be able to experience that with your family and then be adopted into the AQHYA family. Because yeah. we're all here supporting each other in, in our growth and our relationships with our horses yeah. and getting those globes. I mean, I <laughs> so Miss Lady, when you come to AQHYA events or even mm-hmm. if you don't come to these events, do you keep up with the AQHYA socials? Oh, absolutely. I'm like every other teenager. <laughs> I'm always checking my phone and paying attention. And AQHA has really stepped up their social media game. It's insane. They have TikTok and Facebook and it's so informative. And there's always links, which I think are so cool. You can always like check in and see like the elaborate answer that they have, or you just get to see a lot of cool things. And they're doing a great job of bringing in every piece of AQHA and not forgetting or leaving anything out. It's not just like, oh, this person won a gold globe, which is awesome. They post that too, and their videos are amazing. But you also get to see, like, look at this um, kid who just received his scholarship, or here's a question of the day that we're going to answer for you. And it really does bring people in. And I, I share all their stuff on my social media just so even more people get to see it, even if they aren't following AQHYA. Awesome. All righty, guys. Well, thank you, Lainey, for spending some thank time with us so today. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Yes. Along with Lainey, we also have Ryan Mao today. How are you, Ryan? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm 18. I've been showing horses since I was two years old. I was on a horse for the first time at just two weeks old. My mom wanted to sit me up there for a picture because she thought it'd be pretty cool. So that's that's always a cool thing that I like to, I just think it's funny. We've been showing horses for three generations. Grandpa started us off like big into the horse industry and my mom continued it and now I'm here um, keeping going. I got into AQHA kind of late uh, compared to most people because, I mean, we were kind of getting into it around eight or nine. But unfortunately, around that time, I lost my main show horse. So we had to pull my uh, just trail ride out in the field type of horse and turn him into our show horse for the next five or six years, showing him at open shows and state fair and stuff every year. And then a few years ago, I got myself a three-year-old. I went half and half with my mom. He was green, and we worked with him, and we got him started into some of the AQHA stuff. And we wanted to qualify for the NIAT teams at Congress. Started really started us off in the AQHA shows, showing at 2 a.m. to try to get those reining in to make that youth team. And our first year, it was it was a whole new thing, and because I'd always shown 4-H, 4-H, and open shows, you know lower level, but I'd always wanted to go a little bit higher, get better competition, you know, stronger. And that really opened me up into AQHA. That first experience of qualifying for the NIAT team and making it and just that walkthrough for the Champion of Champions teams like tournament walkthrough was just an amazing experience. And then that same year, we qualified for the Youth World Show for the first time. When we drove in, looking around, because I'd, I'd never shown outside of Ohio before that. And we'd come all this way. We're all exhausted, but we got here. And when I saw the arena for the first time, I hopped out of the car and I walked over to it. And I just, I just looked up at it, just, wow. Like, I'm here. I did it. This is so cool. That was an amazing experience. And I've loved it ever since. 
Right. That is such a surreal experience to know that you put in the hard work and you put in the hours and the effort and the time to make it here. And then when it actually becomes a reality, you're like, hey, man, can you pinch me? <laughs> Honestly, though, it was it was just it was like an out of body experience almost <laughs> like it was it was so cool the yeah. first time we got here. Yeah, that's exciting. So what got you involved into AQHYA? Like I said, my family's always done it. My grandpa showed AQHA and NRHA. My mom showed AQHA when she was young. She competed for Congress Queen and everything. We started getting into that right about the time because we're like, Nyat, we're going to Congress anyway. We saw this opportunity to be a part of like a team at Congress and be part of more than just ourselves. Because we've always, we've never had like, the money for a trainer or anything. So it's always just been me and my mom. Um, we've done everything ourselves. We've just worked hard five, six days a week sometimes in the summer. You know, just gotta, you had to get it done to get ready for those shows. And so qualifying for the NIAT was what really got us into the AQHYA. Okay. And can you tell me what NIAT stands for? National Youth Activities Team Tournament. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. It takes a support team to do virtually anything in the equine industry because there's so many different facets. Okay. So what kind of impact has your involvement in the AQHYA had on your life and your career that may be starting out in the near future? Getting into AQHA and seeing that I could do something in this industry with horses and make a career out of it and like do it at college because I'm going to Finley this fall, uh, the University of Finley, and hopefully competing on their IHSA team while I'm there. So I'm super excited about that. I'll be I'll be majoring in pre-vet and um, equine training. So what I learned was I want I want to be with horses. Horses are my love. I love horses. Like they are my passion in this world right now. And I want to I want to do that the rest of my life. Whether it's as a vet, as a trainer, I want to be around horses. Exactly. And if you're not around what you love, I mean, what are you doing with your time? Exactly. <laughs> so, that's exactly. so impressive that you're going into pre-vet and, and going to the University of, of Finley. Is yeah. Wow, that's that's awesome. Well, good luck to you and your Thank future you. endeavors. So what kind of advice would you give to a young writer who is just starting out in this industry? If you put in the time, the effort, work hard, you can make it places that you never dreamed you could. When I was eight, nine, ten. I never I never dreamed I'd be showing at Congress every year, showing at the World Show. Like those were things only professional horse trainers did and not something some kid from a little town in Ohio would be, you know, doing. You know, like that's it's not even like realistic, <laughs> you think. And then you put in the time and you put in the effort and you're like, wow, actually I could do this too. You always got to be nice to your horse. You got to, if you respect your horse, your horse will respect you right back and if you form that bond with your horse through like love and saying thank you you did that great good job you'll bond with your horse will be so much better they'll perform for you because they want to not because they have to and that just puts you on a different level
That's so true. We need more well-rounded horsemen like you in our industry for sure. And I love what you said about, um, you know, I'm just just a kid from Ohio. You know, through the opportunities that AQHYA offers everyone, it doesn't matter where you came from. It gives you an opportunity to be something great. Absolutely. We are so proud of you and all your accomplishments. And I kind of want to talk about that with you for a second. So out of all of your wins in the quarter horse industry, which one has been your favorite? That's tough. (laughs) A really cool experience way, way back was in Ohio, the All-American Youth Horse Show. And that's in Columbus, Ohio at the Ohio State Fairgrounds in the spring. And this was with the horse that I was telling you that we lost to Colic. Her name was Ivy. And I had a bond with this horse from day one. Like we... We got her home on the third day that after meeting her. Got her from Illinois, from John Boxel, who's become a great friend of ours over the years. He has been an amazing, amazing like mentor and instructor throughout any questions I've ever had. He's always been there to help us. But he helped us get this horse. And I was probably, I was, I was eight, I think, eight or seven or eight. And I was walking her into her stall and she stepped on my foot. <laughs> and... That hurt. So I I literally, I sat down in the middle of the shavings in the stall, fresh shavings, and started crying because I was like, ouch. She heard that my mom dump her feet into her bucket, you know, was walking over to it, but then heard me crying and like upset and turned around, came back to me, put her head or her neck around me and hugged me and like, hey, it's okay. You know, it'll be all right. And she could change leads like nothing I've ever had. My little legs barely came down past the saddle pad (laughs) and I could just tap her and she'd change flip-flop leads. At the youth show that year, I was probably nine, nine and a half. And we actually won the youth show against 18-year-olds, you know, all the older kids. And we actually won the youth show that year as, like I said, an eight or nine or 10-year-old. What a cool memory. Wow, you cleaned house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, that's exciting. So do you hold any positions in AQHYA leadership or directorship? So I held a position at a more local level for the Southern Ohio branch. I was a director last year, I do believe, for the Southern Ohio Quarter Horse. I was a director. One of my favorite things to do is teach the younger kids about horses, and they really seem to trust me. Because they always come to me with questions. Hey, I have this problem. What can I do to help or fix it? And I can sit them down and like, hey, do ABC and it'll help whatever your problem is, you know? And being able to teach the younger kids and have them look up to me like that is is just one of my favorite experiences in horses, you know, being able to just work with them. Right. Just being able to give back and bolster up the future generations. That's something very special. And that really is a gift. So thank you for all you're doing. So what are some of the most important lessons you've learned through AQHYA? A lot of patience, (laughs) (laughs) especially with my uh, three-year-old. His name is Junior. He's he's six now. We've had him. We've had him a few years. But that first year and even now, you know, he's he's cowbred. And he's he's really spooky at things like he sees and notices everything. And so like there's there'll be times in the show pen where we'll be in the middle of a pattern and he'll just like we'll pass a chair that we've passed a hundred times and he'll just jump at it. And I'm like, dude, and it's so frustrating. But, you know, the time and effort I put in with him and bond we've made, you know, I can't 
I can't ever be mad at him for longer than like 30 seconds. It's that's patience is been a really big thing I've had to learn and work with with the younger horses. Yes, yes, for sure. And just being around horses in general, it helps our character in so many ways. Not just patience, I mean, responsibility, because someone's got to feed them and take care of them. Absolutely. But yes, do you have anything else you'd like to share with us? Ranching Heritage Young Horse Development Program. Yeah. Which is where you fill out an application and you get the opportunity to have a, if you're selected, a yearling that you work with from January 1st to August 31st. And throughout that whole time, you have this yearling and it knows absolutely nothing. And you have to start with it from the ground up. And one of the funniest things with her is when we first got her, you had to like jump on the lead rope basically to like catch her. And now if you like, she'll try to stick her head out of the bars of our stalls to get attention because she's become so friendly. She's honestly been a trooper. I mean, it's frustrating at times because when she doesn't seem to understand, but you know, Sequoia is her name and she's been an amazing experience. And I highly recommend anybody that wants to learn so much about like young horses and how your horses got their roots and their starts to try out the program from AQHA. It's, it's an amazing program and I have been so fortunate to be a part of it. Yes. Yeah, so do you need any certain credentials to enroll in that or you, do you just fill out an application? Nope. You just fill out the application. Um, we had to make a uh, video answering questions for the application. Does your family have any involvement in horses? Like, will you have support systems to help you in case that you have problems? Like, do you have someone you can reach out to? And even if you don't, um, I found out that the AQHA, you can contact them with anything and they'll contact you back very quickly. Even though my family has been in it for years, we don't obviously don't know everything. And to have that support system from the AQHA has been awesome. Right, right. How cool is that? Do you get a scholarship for being a part of that? You have different things you have to fill out each month. Like there's a horsemanship report where you tally down each day, like how much time you spent and what you did with them. And you get so many points based on like how good you did. You know, you get up to two. And if you messed up certain things or you didn't put enough information, you'll lose points um, and stuff like that. And you have to take a picture of them each month and you have to uh, fill out a progress survey, show how your baby is coming along. There's uh, you got to like weigh them each month, which you can do with just a bailing twine and a tape measure, which seems crazy. <laughs> but there's a whole formula that you can look up that gives you an approximate weight each month. And you want to see how long that how much like how much bigger they've gotten based on how your points add up at the end of the year or the top four get scholarships. And you get to keep your baby. Well, that so is, I'm super excited about that. Yes, getting to keep the baby. That's the best part. It's, I'm so excited. Yes, wonderful. Well, Ryan, we are so proud of you. And you are truly just an incredible individual. And we're wishing you all the good luck and all the success in your future endeavors. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for spending time with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yes, sir. Stay tuned for our next segment. Welcome to our second segment of Let's Talk AQHA where we discuss animal welfare. I'm Jim Jennings, and with us for this segment is AQHA Director of Breed Integrity, Animal Welfare, and Education, Ward Stutz. Ward, thanks for joining us today. Jim, it's great to be with you. Uh, Looking forward to visiting with you about uh, updated rules and policies regarding animal welfare. 
Certainly, AQHA considers it to be the most important issue facing our industry today. Director of Breed Integrity, Animal Welfare, and Education. That is a mouthful. Tell us about your job and and what all that means. Well, Jim, it really means that I have the opportunity to work with uh, industry leaders such as those on the Animal Welfare Commission to ensure that we protect our horse, our industry, and it's really our responsibility as industry leaders to educate horse owners on the importance of responsible ownership and care. So my job is really making sure that we uphold the last sentence of our mission statement to ensure that the American Quarter Horse is treated humanely with dignity, respect, and compassion at all times. How did you get started in this, and and what inspired you to work in animal welfare? When I first got started at AQHA, one of my responsibilities is public policy, and there's a lot of crossover between animal welfare and public policy. You can see that over the last few years, uh, there's certainly been a uh, challenge from our animal rights groups uh, with regard to the use of our horses in entertainment, recreation, and sport. And so that challenge that they're presenting to our industry really what inspired me to get involved with animal welfare, to make sure that we protect our horses and our industry. AQHA has has lots of different departments. So which ones do you work with? Showing, racing, ranching, youth, all up? Yeah, I get to work with all of them, Jim. From the show side of things, I work closely with the AQHA stewards. If there's an animal welfare uh, violation at a show, I also get to work closely on the drug testing program. I am responsible for adjudicating a positive drug test. On the racing side of things, there's a lot of public policy, a lot of legislation and regulation that has been uh, Introduced recently on racing, so I get to work with Janet Van Beber, who's our chief racing officer, on those public policy issues. Ranching, there's so many uh, issues that ranching's facing right now between water quality and land use and animal welfare, animal health issues. I work closely with NCBA on those issues. And then one of my favorite things to do is work with the youth department, talk to them about the importance of animal welfare and public policy. We take a group of youth leaders to Washington, D.C. every year, actually take them up on the hill to visit with members of Congress about our issues. Well, no wonder your title is Salon when you work with all those different issues (laughs) in all those different areas. Yeah, it makes it really interesting every day. (laughs) On our last podcast, Animal Welfare Commission past chair, Lori Buholtz, talked about how the role of the commission is to protect our horse and industry. She also talked about the dedication of the commission members to the horse. As staff liaison for the Animal Welfare Commission now, how do you work with that group? Yeah, they're uh, they're a hard-working group that likes to get a lot done. And we, like Lori mentioned, there was Three different task forces last year that worked with a lot of different changes to rules and regulations and policies. And so my responsibility really is to make sure that the work of the commission gets done throughout the year. Lori mentioned that every commission meeting is begun with the quote, if we fail here, nothing else matters. Tell us now what Lori meant by that. Jim, I'm really glad you asked me that question. Have you heard the term social license to operate? Yeah. Well, it's a new term, and it's a term that that you'll be hearing a lot more here in the future. And what that really means is that does the public consider what we're doing with our horses acceptable? For example, circuses have come under a lot of pressure from the public, and now a number of circuses 
have been banned in a number of different cities. So really what it means is that we have to do right by our horse, and we are responsible for them participating in racing, rodeos, horse shows, and et cetera. So our responsibility is making sure that our horses are well taken care of at all times. Lori also mentioned in you know, when we talked to her the other day, the new adjudication procedures and the disciplinary action chart. Go into more detail on the adjudication process and explain the disciplinary action chart. Yeah, that was one of our task forces worked on throughout the year. So our new adjudication process really relies on our Animal Welfare Grievance Committee, which is the committee that reviews uh, our inhumane treatment violations. And what we do is we utilize the opinions of those experts to make a final disciplinary action recommendation on an inhumane treatment case. With regard to the disciplinary action chart, all I can say is make sure that, like Lori emphasized, read the rule book, especially VIO 204. Uh, VIO 204, there's 20 different rules under VIO 204 that AQHA uh, considers inhumane treatment. And those are spelled out pretty clearly. With each of those rules, there's a minimum level of offense. So, for an example, if someone's tying a horse around in an AQHA show, that's a violation of VIO 204. And the minimum level of offense on that is a level three. And with a level three violation, there's a minimum level of penalty and a minimum fine associated with each one of those levels. In a nutshell, that's really the changes in our disciplinary action chart. Okay. Is the adjudication process for a positive drug test, is it anything like the adjudication process for an inhumane treatment violation? It is, Jim. They're pretty similar with regard to the due process. If there is a positive case, we send a letter of inquiry to the responsible party, get their response back. In this case, it's reviewed by our drug consultant. The difference is, is that with positive drug tests, there's standard fines and penalties that the executive committee has allowed AQHA staff to offer those standard fines and penalties, where with the adjudication process on inhumane treatment, it's a range of penalties and fines. There's a new necropsy rule that says if a horse dies at an AQHA event, that horse is required to be necropsied. Why? The Animal Welfare Commission it was adamant about the fact that if a horse dies at an AQHA event, we want to know why. AQHA must know why that horse died. The new necropsy rule, which is VIO 208, requires the responsible parties to have the horses necropsied. From the necropsy, we want to know why the horse. So a reporting is a big part of VIO 208, and that requires that the owner, exhibitor, veterinarian, show management must provide AQHA a report of the death in a timely manner. All right. You mentioned earlier about AQHA's mission statement and the welfare of the horse. AQHA has always been dedicated to ensuring the welfare of the horse. So tell us about some of the resources available to AQHA members so that they can understand the association's dedication to animal welfare. Jim, again, like Lori said, I mean, it is all spelled out in the rule book, in our um, statement of position, our mission statement, various rules throughout the rule book. But beyond that, 
we understand that some of the drug rules with AQHA has in place are somewhat confusing. So AQHA has a drugs and medication guideline that's out on online on the uh, internet. All you have to do is search AQHA drugs and medication guideline. And that provides uh, in greater detail information on our drug testing program. It provides a great list of drugs that are prohibited, provides a list of drugs that are conditionally permitted with a medication report form. So great resource. In that resource, it also lists the 1-800 number for the USEF Equestrian Drugs and Medication Hotline. And uh, people can call that hotline if they have a question about a drug that they would like to use, whether that drug is conditionally permitted or prohibited. And you can also find that telephone number in on page 40 of the AQHA rulebook as well. The other great resource that AQHA has been involved in for about the last five to seven years has been the Equine Disease Communication Center. This is a great resource for horse owners. If they go to equinediseasecc.org, they can enter their email and uh, get daily updates of what's going on with regard to equine diseases throughout the United States, which is really nice when it comes to traveling with your horses. It's also got a great list of information on equine diseases and also state entry requirements for uh, transportation. So it's a great resource for AQHA members. You and I have known each other for a long time, and I know you've been at AQHA for a lot of years. So during that time, what changes have you seen in animal welfare? Jim, I mean, we've always taken animal welfare seriously. I mean, that is clearly spelled out in our mission statement. But uh, when we started the steward program in 2010 and the Animal Welfare Commission in 2012, we had some catching up to do with regard to rules and policies. And so we were more reactive. And since then, we have really worked in hard on implementing new rules and policies. And now I think we're very proactive as an organization and as a commission to make sure that we're staying ahead of animal welfare issues and that AQHA has the right policies and rules in place to ensure the humane treatment of the horse. The importance of animal welfare has been prioritized by the executive committee and CEO Carl Streshman in the initiatives for 2023 that came out several months ago. Tell our listeners what you have in store for them coming up regarding animal welfare. Yeah, Jim, that animal welfare is constant educational process with horse owners and our members. And, you know, we're so grateful that uh, we got this podcast going, that there's an animal welfare segment on this podcast. But we're looking forward to a number of different ways to help educate members. We hope to have our own online welfare educational platform available soon where we can put online content on there with regard to animal welfare. We're looking at having some webinars on drug testing, biosecurity, and I mentioned the Equine Disease Communication Center. We'd like to have some guests online with regard to the Equine Disease Communication Center. So look for those in the near future. This has really been interesting, Ward, and it's been a pleasure having you on our podcast today to tell our listeners about the importance of animal welfare and, and how AQHA is dedicated to it. You and the Animal Welfare Commission do a lot in protecting the horse, and we appreciate it. Yeah, Jim, I mean, the horses uh, give each of us so much, you know, with emotionally, physically, mentally, 
we have to do everything we can for the horse. And it's a great group of people that are dedicated to the horse. And I really feel fortunate to have the opportunity to work with them. Thanks, Morgan. Now I'll turn it over to Bobby for our AQHA news segment. Welcome to our news segment of Let's Talk AQHA. Make a difference and submit your AQHA rule change proposals. Submit by December 31st to be considered by the AQHA Standing Committees at the 2024 AQHA Convention. The American Quarter Horse Association is now accepting AQH lead applications for the class of 2024. Partnering with the American Quarter Horse Foundation and presented by Farnham, the AQH lead application deadline is December 31st. Nominations are open for the 2024 AQHA Emerging Leader Award presented by Farnham. Young adult AQHA members ages 21 to 35 are eligible for nomination. A completed nomination form and all supporting materials must be received in the AQHA office by January 15th. 2024 AQHA Ranching Heritage Young Horse Development Program participants have been selected. Visit aqha.com news to view the list of participants and visit aqha.com slash development to learn more about the program. AQHA Open, Select, and Amateur Exhibitors competed for prestigious honors at the Neutrina AQHA and Adequan Select World Championship Shows. If you are unable to attend the show or miss the free live webcast, be sure to check out all of the official results and winning runs at www.aqha.com worldshow, where you can relive record-setting moments from the Jim Norick and Adequan Performance Arenas. Mm-hmm. 